just to start it out on a happy note, when I was 10, my mom died. Seriously, it happened. And my dad, who had been this great guy, turned into a hopeless alcoholic and sometimes just a mean drunk. So we ended up in foster care, uh, four boys. Uh, and I got to figure out, well, what are foster parents? There are categories that I came up with in my mind. And one of the first ones were missionaries. These are people who see foster care as an opportunity to just convert you, and they've got a 24-7 on you in order to do that. Now, I already had a disappointing view of God given the prior circumstances. He'd gone from being Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny to being kind of a mean drunk himself, from what I can figure. And so now he's got these people who are doing emotional, physical blackmail on trying to convert you, so I would have nothing to do with it. Another category that we had, though, were uh, they're almost impossible to see. In fact, we called them unicorns. And these were foster parents who were just decent human beings that in a chaotic, tough life, they just wanted to give you a 30-day window of what it meant to be treated decently as a human being. They were called unicorns for a reason. There weren't a lot of them. The last group that I want to mention are mercenaries. These are people who figured out that if you converted your garage with bunk beds into holding four to six foster kids and you fed us cereal in the morning, school lunch in the afternoon, and then hot dogs or mac and cheese for dinner, that they could do all right. This could be a, an ongoing business opportunity. Those were tough. Those are tough because what happened was when you get kids like that in that kind of chaotic circumstance, some of them become victims. They just had given up on themselves. And so you can beat them, you can hit them, you can do whatever. And they just, at most, they just cry. They scream, but they don't defend themselves. The other part were the predators. The kids normally would form up into packs. I got to experience uh, being a loner, not one or the other, and so I got beat up a lot, to, to be honest about it. It's not like the movies, you don't win. So what I did is I came up with a plan that any time a guy came in for me, the first one in the pack, I would aim to give him permanent physical damage. And the goal was, that they would never want to come back and repeat the experience. And it kind of worked. But it's an escalator that goes up and down, that violence, and it just doesn't get any better. And at one point, we sort of maxed out. Uh, we're at a movie, in, in behind a, a movie, an old movie house in an alley, and this guy, is, one of the guys is swinging a lead pipe at me. Serious. And as he swung once, he was like this to me, and I've got a knife. And from his armpit down, it's like open season. It's like, what a gift. And at the last moment, rather than sticking him under his armpit, I decided to just stick him in the leg, which is kind of like being Gandhi in these circumstances. <laughs> and so the guy, drops a pipe, his older brother and friends run off and abandon him. 
And it was like a John Wayne movie. We took off his belt, we cinched it up, we took something, I think a sock, and stuffed it in the hole. And the police are coming, you can hear them. And the guy says, you gotta get out of here. I had just stabbed him, pretty considerate. I took off, he held to the story that he fell on a bottle and he never ratted me out. Admire him to this day. But overall, my view of God is not enhanced by any of this experience because now I'm figuring he's malicious as well. But while I'm in this thing, this girl was at school and she was very nice and I talked to her and she was, had a Bible and she started talking to me more and more and one thing led to another. And I was realizing she might be God's ambassador saying, can we have a truce? Can we do a do-over? Can we start over again? And so I went for it. I went for it so hard and long that I have a degree in religion and philosophy. <laughs> Highly marketable, by the way. <laughs> so I took a second one in history. I get my teaching certificate, return to Northwest Alaska. I'm married, we're contributing to the community. And what happens is my wife, the pregnancy goes wrong. And we end up being medevac down to Anchorage from Kotzebue, and we're at Providence. It goes so wrong that uh, our daughter, uh, Nicole Elizabeth, isn't going to live very long. And my wife at the time is completely under. So solo in a small room, I got to hold her until she passed away. And she's now buried at uh, Anchorage Cemetery. What do you do with that? Well, what I know for a fact in my experience is it doesn't get better. Time does not heal. None of this gets any easier. And for a long time, I figured not only was he a sociopath, but he was a vicious one for doing this kind of a thing. It's right when I started to have some trust, it was shattered beyond ever repair. And that held me pretty much for years. But over time, what I've done is I put it all in a box. The rage, the hatred, the confusion, whether or not he exists, hoping that he doesn't at times, that's in one box. And then the other box, the rest of it has to be my life. Because if I'm ever going to contribute to the community again, I can't stay with the box. I just have to remember the better parts of that prior experience, and try to be kind, sort of to make up for everything that I'd done before. There's no good thing about this. You get stories where some people are role models. I'm a gargoyle. I'm the warning sign about how to do life. The only thing I can say about where I am now is that I'm a mess but I'm trying not to be a waste. Thank you.